Hey guys, it's Brie. You are listening to Brief, and today we are briefing the book of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. It's a very short book, so it will just be one episode. Okay, so I'm going to start with a little bit of context. Of Mice and Men was originally written as a play in 1937, written by John Steinbeck. He grew up in California. His most notable works besides Of Mice and Men are East of Eden, which is incredible, and The Grapes of Wrath, which I've actually never read, but I'm sure at some point I will read for you guys. John Steinbeck won a Nobel Prize in 1962 and he died in 1968. And Of Mice and Men has been made into three different movies, once in the 30s, once in the 80s, and once in the 90s. So, pretty popular. Okay, major characters. So, there's two that are, like, the main characters. First is George. He's a small man, but he's, like, super quick-witted and very kind and caring. He takes care of the second character whose name is Lenny. He's like his guardian. And George dreams of, he just wants to earn enough money to get his own house with his own land and him and Lenny can live there. They're both ranch workers and they're kind of just traveling around trying to get enough money to get their own place. The second character is Lenny. He's a very, very large man, super large, doesn't know his own strength. He's mentally disabled Back in the 30s, though, that wasn't really a thing. I don't know if I should say it wasn't a thing, but it wasn't identified, I guess. And so nobody really knew what was wrong with him. But he could never remember anything. And he accidentally killed a lot of animals, like mice, because he didn't know his own strength. And we'll get into that more in the story. But The next characters are all kind of secondary, but Slim is, they call him the prince of the ranch. He's really kind, but he kind of runs the ranch. He's respected by everyone, even by Curly, who respects no one. The next character is Curly. He's the ranch owner's son. He's kind of a dick, and he just got married, and he's constantly searching for his wife. Like, he can't find her on the ranch. She, like, disappears. He's also a semi-pro boxer, and he's always looking to fight someone, even though he's pretty small. Okay, Curly's wife, or the girl, she's never named. She's super flirty. She's always looking for attention, and she doesn't like Curly, so she, like, hops around the ranch trying to flirt with all the other men. Okay, then Candy is an old man who works on the ranch. He finds out that George and Lenny are planning to get their own place, and he asks if he can come with them. The last character I'm going to talk about is Crooks. He is the black man who works the stables. They call him Crooks because his back is crooked. He's super isolated because he's black. They won't let him in the bunkhouse. He sleeps in the stables. And he's super cynical, but he is really kind to Lenny. Okay, quick overview of themes we'll talk about later. Loneliness and isolation is one. Another theme is powerlessness in terms of physical and economic, seeing as we are in the Great Depression in this book. Another theme is the impossible American dream. All right, let's get into the sections. There's not chapters in this, there's sections. So this is section one. 
So the novel opens up with a description of a clearing near the Salinas River in Soledad, California. I have no idea if I'm saying that right. It's in Northern California, just south of San Francisco. So it's talking about the river and it feeds into this deep pool and people frequently come there to swim. It's a super hot day and two men are walking along the river and they stop in this clearing in front of the pool for a drink. One man is small and dark and strong. His name is George. The other man is very large and bear-like and this is Lenny. George sits down by the pool and Lenny sits next to him and copies his exact movements. And they start having a conversation and this is what we find out during this exchange. They're ranch workers and they fled their last job in a place called Weed because Lenny got into some trouble. Lenny is super uneducated and has a hard time remembering anything including things that happened just moments ago. And George takes care of him. Lenny really likes mice and he tries to keep them as pets, but he always ends up killing them because he's so big and they're so small and he doesn't know his own strength. And he likes to keep them in his pocket and pet them. And at the last ranch, he got in trouble because uh, there was this little girl and he wanted to feel her dress because it looked soft. So he grabbed like the bottom of her dress and she tried to pull away he wouldn't let go of her and so she got scared and started screaming anyway he didn't mean any harm but she ran and told whoever her dad or whatever and so they had to flee the ranch and now they're headed to another ranch during this conversation george notices that lenny has a mouse in his pocket it's a dead mouse that he found on the trail and george makes him get rid of it this seems like something that happens pretty frequently Okay, we find out that Weed is north of where they are now, and they're about a quarter mile away from the new ranch. And George tells Lenny that when they meet their new boss, he's not allowed to talk at all. He's super worried if the new boss hears Lenny speak, they won't let him work. But he's a really good worker. He's just not smart. George comments that if he didn't have to take care of Lenny, he could have so much more freedom and maybe even have a girlfriend. This conversation, I mean, feels like they've talked about this a million times. And they decide to sleep there tonight. And George tells Lenny to go get some wood so they can have beans for dinner. He comes back and his hand is in his pocket. He found another dead mouse. And George makes him get rid of that one too. And Lenny asks him why he can't keep the mice. And George explains that they're dead and old and can make him sick. And Lenny remembers that there was a woman who used to give him mice to play with. And George reminds him that that was his aunt, Clara. But she stopped giving them to him because he always killed them by accident. Lenny seems to forget almost everything except for the rabbits. And he says he wishes they could get them sooner. George gets angry, goes on this big rant, and says how much easier his life would be if he didn't have to take care of Lenny. That he keeps losing jobs because of him and he can't have friends or women or go into town. And Lenny gets super sad and he asks George if he wants him to leave him alone. He says he could go into the hills and live in a cave, but George knows that he wouldn't survive. And George assures him that he doesn't want him to leave. He says he's sorry for being mean. He just lost his temper. He says that he'll get Lenny a dog as soon as he can because he won't be able to kill that. Like he can kill a mouse. Lenny takes advantage of this opportunity that George was being mean to him and he asks him to tell him about the rabbits. And this is the story that George tells him about their future together. It's something that's repeated throughout the book. They talk about it all the time. So he says, guys like us that work on ranches are the loneliest guys in the world. They got no family. They don't belong no place. 
They come to a ranch and work up a stake, then go into town and blow their stake, and first thing you know, they're pounding their tail on some other ranch. They ain't got nothing to look ahead to. With us, it ain't like that. We got a future. We got somebody to talk to that gives a damn about us. If them other guys gets in jail, they can rot for all nobody gives a damn, but not us. Someday, we're going to get the jack together and we're going to have a little house and a couple acres and a cow and some pigs and live off the fat of the land. We'll have a big vegetable patch and a rabbit hutch and chickens. So this is what they plan to do with their future. Before they go to bed, George tells Lenny to remember the place that they're sitting in right now. And he says that just in case Lenny gets into any trouble, he needs to remember this place so he can come back here and hide in the bushes until George comes for him. And they go to sleep talking about rabbits. All right, section two. George and Lenny make it to the ranch the next morning. A man leads them into the bunkhouse. And he's an older man. And he tells them that the boss is mad that they didn't get there in time to go out and work that morning. They pick their beds and have an argument about the cleanliness of the beds. George is unhappy with that because he finds a can of bug killer in the box by his bed. The old man tells him the boss will be there soon. George asks what kind of man the boss is. The old man tells him that he's pretty nice, but he gets mad sometimes. And apparently most of the time when he's mad, he takes it out on the stable buck, who is Crooks that we talked about in the beginning, the black man that works in the stables. The old man tells George that Boss gave the workers a gallon of whiskey on Christmas last year, and George is super impressed by this. And the boss shows up, he's a small man, and he asks for the work slips, asks why they were late. Anyway, George gives him their names, George Milton and Lenny Small. The boss asks him a couple of questions, and he asks why Lenny isn't speaking, and George says he's not much of of a talker, but he's super strong. Lenny says he repeats what George said, strong as a bull, and George looks at him angry because he wasn't supposed to talk and then that's when the boss asks Lenny a question George answers it for him and the boss gets mad and he's like what are you trying to pull on me right now and George tells him that Lenny isn't super smart well he says he isn't too bright and the boss asks if George is taking Lenny's pay and why he's protecting him And George lies and tells him that Lenny is his cousin and was kicked by a horse when he was a kid. And George promised to take care of him. The boss is like, I've got my eye on you. And then he says to find a man named Slim at dinner and he'll show them what to do. Okay, so he leaves and George gets mad at Lenny for forgetting that he wasn't supposed to talk. And he's worried that the boss is going to be watching them closely now and that they're going to get in trouble like they did last time. Okay, so the old man comes inside. George asks him about his dog. He has this really old dog that he's apparently had forever. And then another man comes in while they're talking and his name is Curly. He's the boss's son and he has major small man syndrome. And he asks if they've seen his dad and he sees that there's two new workers and immediately changes into like, I'm the boss kind of stance. The way that they describe it sounds exactly like what you see at the gym. Like a guy who's way too buff for his body and can't quite relax his arms because his lats are too big, you know? Can you just imagine them like walking? (laughs) They can't like, they can't relax their arms. Anyway, I hope you know what I'm talking about. So Curly gets in his tough guy stance, walks right up to Lenny. And remember how big Lenny is. He's freaking huge. They call him a giant. And he's like right up in his grill asking questions 
And George obviously answers. Curly's like, let the big guy talk. And George says that Lenny doesn't want to talk and that they travel together. Lenny finally answers because Curly won't stop asking questions. And so he finally says, like, yes, we're the new guys. Curly's like, next time you better speak when you're spoken to because he's a dick. And he leaves. George, when he leaves, asks the old man why Curly's such a dick when Lenny didn't do anything to him. And the old man says... He says, Curly's like a lot of little guys. He hates big guys. He's all the time picking scraps with big guys. Kind of like he's mad at them because he ain't a big guy. <laughs> That's on page 26. So then they find out that he's a fighter. He's always picking fights. He says he's gotten worse since he just got married a couple of weeks ago. And George is like, well, maybe he's showing off for his wife. And the old man tells him that he wears a glove full of Vaseline on his left hand to keep it soft for his wife. And I was super confused by this, so I looked it up because I don't, what would you need a soft hand for? But apparently it's to protect his hand from damage while he's working so that he can use his super soft Vaseline hand to ravish his wife and so that he can have full feeling in his hand. And George is a decent man. And so he responds to that by saying, that's a dirty thing to tell around. The old man tells him that Curly's wife is really purty, P-U-R-T-Y, and I wish that people still said purty because I think it's cute, but that she has an eye, meaning she's super flirtatious with all the other men on the ranch. The old man calls Curly's wife a tart, which is a fun word for a promiscuous woman. And then the old man leaves and asks George not to tell anyone what he said about Curly's wife. Okay, so once the man leaves, George warns Lenny to not get into any trouble with Curly. He's like, stay away from him. Don't get into any trouble with him. But also, if he comes at you, defend yourself. And then he reminds Lenny. He's like, if you get in any trouble, where do you go? And Lenny remembers. And then the other workers start coming back and they can hear them outside. But before they come in, a woman comes to the door. It's Curly's wife. She's very heavily made up, but purdy, as George describes her, and says she's looking for Curly and asks if they're new guys. She catches Lenny giving her the up-down and clearly enjoys the attention, and George tells her he's not here. She turns to leave and then turns back to Lenny and says, nobody can blame a person for looking. And just then, Slim comes in the door the woman asks him if she, if he's seen curly and he says he's in the house okay george tells lenny that the girl is a tramp and lenny says gosh she was purdy and i just can't get over it it's so cute gosh she was purdy george says he's like don't even look at her he calls her a bad name don't even look at her i don't care what she does I've seen them poison before but i never but i've never oh my gosh sorry i can't read this because i don't want to read it in the accent that they have because they don't say a lot of their words correctly. So I'm trying to translate. So he says, I've seen them poison before, but I've never seen no piece of jailbait worse than her. You leave her be. Okay. So then Lenny tells George that he doesn't like this place and he wants to leave. And George tells him that they have to stay to get paid just for a while. And then they can go get their house and maybe they can go pan gold instead of working on a ranch. So Slim comes to the door. He's the prince of the ranch. It says there was a gravity in his manner and a quiet so profound that all talk stopped when he spoke. 
His authority was so great that his word was taken on any subject. Okay, so he asks George if he has experience. He asks if they travel together, and George says that they look after each other. And this is super rare. Apparently, men don't normally travel together, and that's why everyone keeps asking them about that. So Slim says that men don't normally travel together, and then says, I don't know why, maybe everyone in the whole damn world is scared of each other. Then another rancher comes in, his name's Carlson, he introduces himself, he asks Slim about his dog. So Slim has a dog that had nine puppies last night, four of which he killed right away because the mother couldn't feed them all, which is really sad and I hate that he did that. Carlson suggests he gives one of the puppies to Candy, that's the old man. So we finally found out the old man's name. His name is Candy. And Carlson wants Slim to give him one of the puppies because Candy's dog is so old and dying and apparently stinks really bad. So if he gets him a new puppy, they can kill his old dog. And they all get up to go to dinner. And on the way out, Lenny asks George if he heard what Slim said about the puppies. And George is like, yes, I'll get you a dog. I'll ask about getting you a dog. And on their way to dinner, Curly stops them and asks if they've seen a woman. And they say, yes, she was looking for him, but she left. And he surveys George as if he's ready to fight him. And then he leaves and George and Lenny go to dinner. Okay, section three. After a day's work, Slim and George are in the bunkhouse together. And they're having a conversation about why Lenny and George travel together. All the men think it's super strange that two men travel together because they've never seen it before. Slim comments that Lenny's a good worker, but he sees cuckoo, which is basically like saying he's crazy. And George tells him that he's not crazy, he's just not smart at all. And he explains that he knew Lenny's Aunt Clara, the woman who raised him. And after she died, Lenny just started working with George and they've stayed together ever since. George says he used to play jokes on Lenny, but they stopped being funny because Lenny was too dumb to even realize a joke was being played on him. He told Lenny to jump into the Sacramento River, and he almost drowned before George pulled him out. And instead of getting mad at George for daring him to jump in the river, Lenny thanks him for saving him and has totally forgotten that George was the one that told him to jump. And so after that, George stopped playing jokes on him. Slim says a few times that Lenny's a nice guy and that he can tell he's not a mean person. George tells Slim that men who don't have friends and travel alone end up being mean because they don't have any fun. And he lets it slip that Lenny got into trouble on their last ranch and so Slim asks him what happened. George tells him about the girl in the red dress. Remember the story, Lenny saw a girl in a red dress. He wanted to touch her dress, just like he always wants to pet mice and dogs. And the girl got scared and tried to run. And instead of letting her go, Lenny panicked and held onto the dress as she screamed. George finally got him to let go, and she ran and told her dad that she was raped. And George and Lenny hid in a ditch until the next day, and then they ran away. Slim promises that he won't tell this story to anyone. Okay, so Lenny comes in the door, and George can tell that he's hiding something. And it's the puppy that Slim gave him. But the puppy's too young to be away from his mother, and so George makes him take the puppy back. And when he leaves, Slim says, you know, Lenny's just like a child. And then the old man named Candy comes in with his really old dog and asks for whiskey. Carlson comes in after him and tells Candy how badly his dog smells. Candy says he's never noticed because he's always with him, so he's just used to it. And they have a super long conversation. But in the end, Carlson convinces Candy 
to let him shoot his dog and put him out of his misery. And then that Slim will give him a new puppy. Carlson points out that the dog can barely walk. He can't see or eat and he's just miserable. So it would be a nice thing to do to kill him. Candy's super reluctant, finally agrees. And Carlson takes the dog outside and shoots him. And Slim tells Candy that he can have any one of the pups that he wants. During this exchange, it's important to note that Candy and Carlson both look to Slim for help. And once Slim speaks up and says that the best thing to do is kill the dog, they take that as like sort of law because Slim is in charge. So while Carlson takes the dog out, the other men sit awkwardly waiting until they hear the gunshot. And Candy rolls over in his bed so no one can see his face because he's crying. After that, the stable buck comes in and tells Slim to come and help him put tar on the horse's foot and they both leave. Another worker named Wit comes in. He talks to George about Curly's wife and asks what he thinks of her. And Wit says that she gives the eye to every man who works here, even the stable buck. And George asks if there's ever been any trouble with her. And he says not yet. And George calls her jailbait and says she's going to make a mess. Anyway, Wit changes the subject and talks to George about the whorehouse that they frequent in town. He says they go to Susie's place because it's much nicer and funnier than Clara's house. Wit is trying to get George and Lenny to come up to the whorehouse with them. And George says that maybe he'll go up for a drink, but he wouldn't stay for a flop, which I guess is what he calls hooking up with a prostitute. Carlson and Lenny come back and Lenny tells George that Slim told him he can't pet the dog so much anymore because they're not old enough. Carlson asks if Curly's come by yet, asking for his wife. And right then, Curly comes in and asks if anyone has seen his wife. And they all say no. And Curly asks where Slim is. And they tell him he's out in the barn. And he leaves angrily. And Carlson and Witt follow him to see if there's any action. Before they leave, George asks if Slim has gotten with the wife. And Witt says he hasn't. So George asks Lenny if he saw the girl with Slim in the barn. And Lenny says the girl wasn't in the barn. And then he asks George how long it will be until they can get a place of their own. And he asks him again to tell him about the place. So George tells him that it's 10 acres. It has a windmill, a little shack, and a pig pen. He goes into his long fantasy of the place they'll get. And Candy's in the room. And he's listening to it all. So after George finishes, Candy asks where this place is, and George doesn't tell him where, but he says he found a place and they want it for $600. And Candy tells him that he's not much use now that he's lost his hand on the job, but that he got $250 when he lost his hand, and 50 more saved up, and then he's got 50 more coming at the end of the month. And then he offers the $350 to George and Lenny to help buy the house if they'll let him come with them and work on their land and live there when he's no longer useful. And at first, George is hesitant, but then he realizes that within a month, the three of them would have enough to put 400 on the house and pay the rest later. So he says yes, and they're all super excited about it. And keep talking about all the freedoms they would have, like going to the carnival without having to ask permission. George tells them to make sure not to mention this to any of the other guys because they don't want anyone else coming. So everyone else comes back into the bunkhouse, followed by Curly. Slim is super pissed because Curly accused him of sneaking around with his wife. And Carlson tells him that he should tell his wife to stay the hell home. Carlson calls Curly a punk and mocks him for trying to scare Slim when in reality Slim scared him. And then Candy scoffs and says, glove full of Vaseline. Like, ugh, you're disgusting. Curly glares at him and then looks at Lenny, who's still smiling, thinking about their new home, not paying attention to the conversation. And Curly thinks he's laughing at him. 
and he goes after him and starts beating him up. And Lenny backs into a corner and yells at George to make Curly stop, and George tells Lenny to fight back. Curly swings his hand to punch at Lenny, and finally Lenny grabs his hand and crushes it. (laughs) And when they finally get Lenny to let go, Curly's hand looks like all the bones have been crushed. So Carlson gets a wagon and they take him to the doctor and George is worried that this will get them fired. But Slim turns to Curly and tells him that son's like, you got your hand crushed in a machine and that's the story. Because if you try to get Lenny fired, then we'll all tell the truth and everyone will laugh at you. So Slim saves them and Curly agrees that he won't tell. Slim says he'd hate to have Lenny mad at him after looking at Curly's hand. Lenny keeps saying he didn't want to hurt him and George tries consoling him and tells him that it wasn't his fault and George tells Lenny to go wash his face and Lenny makes sure that he'll still be allowed to take care of the rabbits. He's like, George, does this mean I can't take care of the rabbits or will you still let me? And George tells him that he'll let him. All right, so section four. This section opens up with a description of this stable buck's room where he lives. His name is Crooks and as I mentioned in the beginning, he's a black man who works on the farm, barn, branch. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) He's basically a slave though. He's very smart and has a lot of books in his room, but it's a very simple room. He has a bed box filled with straw covered in blankets. So Crooks is sitting on his bed rubbing, it's called liniment on his back. I looked this up and it's like a pain relieving oil or lotion. Puts it on his back because his spine curves really badly to the left and it causes him a lot of pain. Lenny comes into the barn and stands in Crooks's doorway and at first Crooks is upset that he's there and tells him to leave and that he has no right to be there because no one ever comes in Crooks's room. But Lenny tells him that all the guys except him and Candy have gone into town to the brothel and he just came in to see the puppies. And Crooks tells him that he doesn't want him in his room. He said I ain't wanted in the bunkhouse and you ain't wanted in my room. This is on page 68. And Lenny asks why he's not wanted in the bunkhouse and Crooks tells him it's because he's black. He says they don't let him come in the bunkhouse or play cards with them because he's black and they say that he stinks. And Crooks tries a few more times to get him to leave but he says Lenny's disarming smile defeated him and he tells him to come in and sit down. Lenny tells him that Candy is in the bunkhouse figuring out the numbers for their new place and Crooks tells him that he's crazy. Lenny says that George wouldn't lie to him. So Crooks asks if sometimes George speaks and Lenny doesn't understand. And he tells Lenny a story about how when he was a child he didn't understand why his dad didn't like it when he played with the white kids. He says that when he speaks it's just a black man saying it and it holds no weight. And so he starts provoking Lenny. He's asking him what would happen if George didn't come back that night, if he just abandoned him. And it's unclear what Crooks' intentions are with this taunting at first. But Lenny gets super panicky and eventually gets mad and Crooks finally backs off and just says that he was joking. And now Crooks speaks and we understand why he was taunting him and what he was getting at. He says, you've got George, you know he's going to come back. Suppose you didn't have anybody. Suppose you couldn't go into the bunkhouse and play rummy because you were black. How'd you like that? A guy needs somebody to be near him. A guy goes nuts if he ain't got nobody. I tell you, a guy gets too lonely and he gets sick. That's on page 73. So Crooks apologizes and tells him that he didn't mean to scare him. He was just talking about himself and how lonely he is and how he doesn't have anybody. Crooks tells Lenny about when he was a kid and was always with his brothers even when they slept. And now he's always all alone. 
Crooks mentions the farm he lived on as a child and Lenny perks up when he mentions alfalfa because that's what he's going to feed the rabbits. And Crooks tells him they're nuts and that he's seen hundreds of men come through saying that they're going to go get their own place and it never happens. And just then Candy comes in the barn looking for Lenny and Crooks invites him in and Candy tells Lenny that he's figured out that they can make money off the rabbits if they do things right. Crooks is glad to have the company but he's trying not to show this and Candy says, he says, I've worked here a long time, but I've never, he's never been in Crook's room. And he tells him it's a nice room. Crooks again tells them that they're crazy for thinking that they will get their own place. And Candy tells him that they've already had the money for it. And after a while, Crooks tells them that if they need a hand at their new place, he would work for just his keep. And just then, Curly's wife comes in, asking for Curly, obviously, And Lenny stares at her, but Candy and Crooks keep their eyes on the ground. And they tell her that he's not there, and she says she knows where he went and notices that the two men won't look at her. And she says, on page 77, Funny thing, if I catch any one man and he's alone, I get along fine with him. But just let two of the guys get together and you won't talk. Just nothing but mad. You're all scared of each other, that's what. Every one of you scared the rest is going to get something on you. And Crooks asks her to leave because they don't want any trouble. And she tells him that she just wanted to talk to someone and not be shut up in the house. And Crooks tells her that she shouldn't make trouble with men when she's married. And she gets mad and talks sarcastically about how good a man Curly is. And then she asks what happened to his hand. And Candy tells her that it got stuck in a machine, but she doesn't believe the lie and asks who did it. And Candy again says it was a machine. And she changes the subject, starts talking about how she could have been in shows, she could have been an actress, and she's upset that she's stuck here now at this ranch when there's other people in the world partying on a Saturday night. And Candy gets angry and makes a huge mistake, and he tells her that she isn't wanted there and that she's a floozy. And he says, you can try and get me fired for that if you want, but it doesn't matter because we're getting our own place. And she laughs at him and says, there's no way that will actually happen. And Candy again tells her to leave. And she looks at Lenny and asks him where he got the bruises on his face. Lenny looks at the others for help. And then when they don't help him, he just says he got his hand caught in a machine. And she laughs and calls Lenny machine and says that she likes machines. And Candy tells her not to mess with Lenny because George won't be happy about that. And Lenny says that George is going to let him tend the rabbits. And she responds, well, if that's all you want, I might get a couple rabbits myself. Finally, Crook stands up, tells her she's not welcome, and that if she doesn't leave, he'll make sure she's not allowed in the barn anymore. And she calls him the N-word and says, you know what I can do to you if you open your trap. And Crooks immediately retreats into himself and sits on his bed. It says he grew smaller and pressed himself against the wall. And he says, yes, ma'am. And she says on page 81, will you keep your place then? I could get you strung up on a tree so easy it ain't even funny. The narrator says that Crooks had reduced himself to nothing. There was no personality, no ego, nothing to arouse either like or dislike. And this is so terrible. And it's just what Crooks has dealt with his whole life. And he tries to stand up for his friend because he likes Lenny and Lenny's nice. And this woman is just totally awful to him. Candy tries and fails to defend Crooks and finally tells her that he heard the gate open and that the men are coming back so she better hurry and leave. She doesn't totally believe him, but she leaves anyway. Before she leaves, she tells Lenny that she's glad he beat Curly up. It says Crook seemed to come slowly out of the layers of protection he had put on. And Candy tells him 
that bitch shouldn't have said anything to him. But Crook says it was nothing. On page 82, he says, you guys coming in, coming in my room and sitting made me forget what she says is true. So because these men came into his room and offered him company, he forgot his position in the world that he lives in. And he just retreats back to what she says is true. Like, I'm, I'm nothing in this world. And it's just so sad to watch. George comes in the barn asking for Lenny. And George asks why Crooks would let him into his room. And Crooks says, Lenny's a nice guy. When George comes in, Candy tells him that he figured out how they can make money with the rabbits. And George is mad that they told Crooks about it. And Candy says he didn't tell anyone except Crooks, which is a lie. And as they leave, Crooks tells Candy, he says, to forget about what he said about working with them. He says, I didn't mean it. I wouldn't want to go to no place like that. He remembers now his place and he's sad and doesn't even want to consider it. Okay, section five. The section opens up with Lenny. He's alone in the barn and he's holding his puppy and the puppy is sadly dead. And Lenny says quietly, why did you go get killed? You ain't so little as mice. I didn't bounce you hard. He's clearly very upset and he's trying to decide what to do. And he knows that if George finds out, then he won't let him tend to the rabbits at their new place. So he puts the puppy down and covers it with hay, and he thinks that maybe he'll just tell George that he found it dead, but he knows that George won't believe him. And so he gets angry and he throws the puppy. And then after a minute, he gets up, gets the puppy, and pets him and says, you weren't big enough. They told me you weren't. I didn't know you'd get killed so easy. And as he talks to himself, Curly's wife comes in the barn, and she approaches him. He covers up the puppy with hay when he notices her. Lenny tells her that he's not supposed to talk to her because if he does, George won't let him tend the rabbits. She tries multiple times to get him to talk to her and says he shouldn't be afraid of Curly because he already broke his hand. So like, we know you can beat him up. She tells him that all the guys are playing horseshoes outside and that they'd put money on the game and so they won't be leaving anytime soon. So they don't have to worry about anyone coming in and seeing them. She tells him that she gets lonely and has no one to talk to because Curly gets mad when she talks to anyone. Every time she says something, Lenny responds by saying he's not supposed to talk to her. And she asks what he has covered up with hay. And he tells her that it's his puppy. And then she realizes that it's dead. He says, he was so little. I was just playing with him. And he made like he was going to bite me. And I made like I was going to smack him. And I'd done it. And then he was dead. And the girl tells him not to worry about it because he was just a mutt. And he can get another one easy. And he says that George won't let him tend the rabbits now. He tells her again, I'm not allowed to talk to you. And she says, what's the matter with me? Ain't I got a right to talk to nobody? You're a nice guy. I don't know why I can't talk to you. And then she goes into this huge rant about how she could have made something of herself. She could have been an actress, but her mom wouldn't let her because she was too young. And there was another man who told her that he would put her in the movies, but he never contacted her again. And then so she married Curly soon after that. And she tells Lenny that she doesn't like Curly. And as she confides in him, she moves closer and closer to him. And she goes on and on about how she could have been in the movies. And Lenny talks about the rabbits again and says, and the girl says, don't you think about nothing but rabbits? And Lenny tells her about the place they're going to get. And she asks why, she's like, why are you so nuts about rabbits? He says, I like to pet nice things. Once at a fair, I seen some of them long hair rabbits and they was nice. Sometimes I pet mice, but not when I can get nothing better. That's on page 90. 
and she moves away from him a little bit and tells him that he's crazy. But then she asks if he likes to pet Velvet. And the girl tells him he's just like a big baby and she feels safe again. And she tells him that her hair is super soft and asks if he wants to touch it. And he strokes her hair and she warns him not to mess it up. She tries to pull away because he's messing up her hair, but he grabs on and he won't let go. And they both start to panic. She screams, so Lenny covers her mouth and begs her not to scream because he doesn't want to get in trouble. And there's a struggle, and Lenny keeps asking her not to scream because George won't let him tend the rabbits. And after a minute, Lenny gets angry because she won't stop screaming, and he shook her until he broke her neck and she was dead. And when he realizes that she's dead, he says, I done another bad thing. And he remembers that George told him to hide in the bushes. So he gets up and he leaves and heads towards the bushes. After a while, Candy comes in the barn looking for Lenny. And he finds the girl and he panics and he goes to get George. Candy asks who did it. And George says he knows it was Lenny. And he says that they have to tell the guys. And Lenny can't get away because he'll starve and he needs to be locked up. He says maybe they'll be nice to him and not kill him. And Candy says they should let him get away because he knows Curly will kill him. George thinks about it for a while, and Candy realizes that they won't be getting their place anymore, and they both are sad. George says on page 95, Lenny never done it in meanness. All the times he done bad things, but he never done one of them mean. George tells Candy that he's going to sneak out and that Candy needs to come and tell the guys, but that George has to be with them because they need to find out at the same time, otherwise they'll think that he was in on it. When he's gone, Candy waits a few minutes and curses the girl, calls her a tart, and says she ruined everything. And he goes to get the guys. They all come to see. Curly immediately knows that Lenny did it. He says he's going to kill him. He and Carlson leave to get their guns. And Slim and George talk, and Slim says, it's like that time in weed you told me about. And George nods. So the story was that he had just scared that girl, but he had killed her too. And this is how we find out. So they talk about whether or not they can stop Curly from killing Lenny and lock him up instead, but they both know that it won't work. And Carlson comes back saying that Lenny must have stolen his gun, and Curly sends Wit to get a cop, and George tries to tell Curly not to shoot Lenny because he didn't know what he was doing. Obviously, Curly refuses. Slim tells Curly that he should stay with his wife, and he also refuses, and then they all start their search. All right, section six. This is the last section. So Lenny appears in the clearing by the river, the place that George told him to hide, and he sits by the water and talks to himself about George and how if George doesn't want him anymore, he'll run away and live in a cave. And now a woman is standing in front of Lenny. It's his aunt Clara, but it's just in Lenny's mind. When she speaks, it's Lenny's voice. So Lenny has a conversation with his aunt Clara in his mind, she says that he's done bad things, and Lenny says he tried, but he couldn't help it. And she says he never thinks of George. He's been nice to you, he's taken care of you, and you never think of him. And Lenny keeps saying that he tried, and she says that George could have had a nice time if it weren't for him. Lenny says that he'll leave now because George for sure won't let him take care of the rabbits. And then Aunt Clara disappears, and a giant rabbit replaces her. And the rabbit says, Tend rabbits, you crazy bastard. You ain't fit to lick the boots off no rabbit. 
you'd forget them and let them go hungry. That's on page 102. And Lenny says he wouldn't forget, and the rabbit goes on in Lenny's voice and says, The hell you wouldn't, you ain't worth a greased jack pin to ram you into hell. Christ knows George done everything he could to jack you out of the sewer, but it don't do no good. If you think George gonna let you tend the rabbits, you're even crazier than usual. He's gonna beat hell out of, out of you with a stick. Lenny says he won't, but the rabbit says George is sick of him. And then over and over again, the rabbit says that George is going to leave him and Lenny covers his ears. Okay, so George comes out of the bushes then and the rabbit in Lenny's mind disappears and George sits next to him and tells him that he's not going to leave him. He says it's all okay and Lenny asks him to give, he's like, give me hell like you always do and George tells him what he wants to hear. He says that if he was alone, he could live easily and Lenny says he can go away, and George tells him that he wants him to stay with him. And Lenny asks him to tell him about how the other guys aren't like them. And George tells him, other guys don't have family, but not us. I got you, and you got me. And he tells Lenny to take off his hat, that the air feels nice. And George can hear in the distance the other men shouting, looking for Lenny. And George tells Lenny to look across the river, as he tells him the story of them getting their own place. And as he tells the story, he pulls out Carlson's gun that he stole. And he raises the gun and drops it again, shaking. And he continues to tell Lenny that he can still tend the rabbits. And Lenny turns to look at him. And George tells him to keep looking at the river and visualizing their place. And George hears footsteps coming closer. And he tells Lenny that they're going to do it soon. And he raises the gun. He puts it to the back of Lenny's head. And he says they can do it now, that they can go get their place now. And he pulls the trigger. And the rest of the men run up to him, and George stares at his hand, which just threw the gun from him. And Slim sits next to George and says, never you mind, a guy's got to sometimes. The other men ask if he had Carlson's gun, and George says yes, and he took it from him and shot him. And Slim gets George up and asks him to come have a drink with him. And he says, you had to, George. I swear you had to. Curly and Carlson follow them, wondering why they're upset. All right, so we talked about the themes in the beginning a little bit, at least, I guess, just named them. The first is the theme of loneliness and isolation. I'm sure you noticed it throughout the novel. Pretty much every character is lonely and mostly isolated. George and Lenny's relationship, I mean, they have a relationship as a result of their loneliness, I mean, Crooks is incredibly lonely. Candy's lonely, especially after he loses his dog. Curly's wife is lonely, and that's why she seeks attention from other people. The town that this ranch is near, or in, I guess, is called Soledad, California, which in Spanish means solitude. So, yeah, big theme of loneliness. Again, Crooks in the novel says, a guy goes nuts if he ain't got nobody. Don't make any difference who the guy is long as he's with you. And then he says, you know, if a man is alone, he gets sick. And along with that is the next theme, which is powerlessness. And a lot of the characters are powerless. Lenny himself is powerless intellectually because he has a mental handicap. He's powerful physically, but he's powerless intellectually and emotionally. And the other characters, George and Candy and Crooks specifically, 
and actually all of the ranch workers are economically powerless because it's the Great Depression and they have no way of getting out of the situations that they're in. They have dreams of owning their own land. Like Crook says, guys come in and out all the time with this dream, but nobody ever gets it because it's impossible because they're powerless. They cannot make enough money in this economy to get their own land. Okay, we're just going over these quickly, but the last one is the impossible American dream, which we talked about this in The Great Gatsby, if you listen to that one. The American dream is basically that you can come from nothing, you can build yourself up, you can make yourself into anything that you want. And this is what George and Lenny and Candy want to do when they get their new place. This is what Curly's wife talks about when she's talking about how she wanted to be an actress and be successful. And this book is another example of the impossibility of the American dream. So that's the end of this book of Mice and Men. Just one episode. It's so short. Go follow Brief Podcasts on Instagram right now so that you can know when we post new books. And also send your syllabi to our email, hello at briefpodcast.com, so that we know what books you need briefed.